Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Harrison Bader, are not thinking about the St. Louis Cardinals. My name Aww. is Nate. <laughs> My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Ben Samorka. There's the video going around of him and Rizzo hanging on each other uh, was know. really, really, really not good for me. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course, I was lying when I said what I just said, because of, that's all we do is think about the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, <laughs> we are we're happy for Bader, of course, and we're sad. But um, on this episode, we are ready to move on a little bit to talk about the offseason. We're going to be discussing uh, some of the contract situations and what we think the St. Louis Cardinals should do in this upcoming offseason. have an idea for the opening joke tweet us at talk about birds all right well um i guess we we should well this whole uh, anytime we're in the off season a little bit earlier than we than we had hoped (laughs) (laughs) um so everything here is going to be you know with a tinge of sadness to it but um there is one thing you know we want to um acknowledge and i guess you know send our condolences bruce Suter passed away cardinals legend yeah, um, you know, I know. Hey, baseball legend cha- changed the game. Well, you yeah. know, they they didn't make people, they didn't make players like him before he was, and they weren't used like that. And yeah, you know, one of the, I, I think he might be the first relief pitcher to join the Hall of Fame. Is that right? I think I might be right on that. Um, I'll, I'll look that up as we go on. But yeah, I mean, obviously a Cardinals legend, like uh, maybe a fraught Hall of Famer with uh, the amount of time it took him to get in and how he got in and sure. all that stuff. But you know. I absolutely deserving Cardinals legend. And we also know a guy that was like always wearing the red jacket, always around Bush stadium, being with the guys and everything like that. So, you know, yeah. with any of these, any of these times, these guys pass away. It's always, always sad. Yeah. And younger than you'd, you know, hope. Um, so yeah, it seemed like a really cool guy. Uh, <clears throat> so just wanted to send our love out to the family and to all the people affected by it. But um, yeah, real legend. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, as we move into the off season, uh, these episodes, we're going to stay consistent with our rela- release schedule, but the content therein may change as we figure out what we want to talk about. I think we've got plenty to talk about now, but, um, you know, just a forewarning, we've got some goofy ideas as we get into the offseason. I, I, I would rephrase that as interesting ideas. <clears throat> yeah. I apologize got- as a frog climbs through my throat. Uh, interesting <laughs> ideas and ideas that are really going to turn the format on its head, Nate. I think, you know, we're really going to blow yeah. people's minds. I want to set expectations to be sky high. Um, we're going to change think- the game. I am going to reinvent podcasting. That's my goal. Wow. Well, um, I, I mean, what a, what a hype session. So uh, <laughs> while we're on the topic, we have to get to the thrilling conclusion 
of a game that is now gone six episodes long, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Uh, that has run the entire season and it's been ripe with controversy. The Discord, <laughs> the Bird Scored has been aflame. Um, but it's time now for us to come to the conclusion of our game. Draft Day Heroes and Hatchlings Edition. Let's play the music a little bit. Yeah, I almost think this music this music is great. It's almost a little too light for the occasion, though. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. We need, like, the, the music from The Weakest Link. Can you just spin that up really quick? Uh, I'll see what I can do. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> uh so let's do another recap if somehow this is your first My time goodness. if you're joining us for the first time first of all welcome what a what a time to be alive what a time hi my name's ben <laughs> we already did the intro oh yeah right yeah um my name nate and we're uh we at the beginning of the season we did a draft where we each had to select uh six players three from the big league roster and three from not. And we went in snake order. Uh, ben got the first pick. I took the second, went back to Ben, so on and so forth. The goal was to see who would accrue the most F war through the 2022 season. Uh, on the episode that was released on the last day of the season, I had calculated the scores thinking there's no way the last <laughs> game Hmm. <laughs> yes uh, i spent hours in my laboratory oh my uh, god <laughs> hey it's getting spooky season i'm working on my uh you know my voices here and um <laughs> i had um <laughs> i had i and we realized that somehow we the last day of the season absolutely was going to matter. Yeah. And it selected Johan Oviedo. I had selected Matt Libertor. They are against each other in the last game of the season. Who could have predicted it? And so we decided, all right, we'll, 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 I, I went into the last game with a 0.1 F4 lead. Last week, we calculated the true ending of the season. And somehow, between the six players that each of us selected, we ended on a flat tie at exactly 13 f4 so which stupid is wild so we decided in the moment for better or worse to <laughs> uh to to for the tiebreaker to be go and to be go to go and look at baseball reference yes as they have a slightly or maybe not so slightly as we're gonna see uh difference and mm -hmm. how they calculate war. All right. Um, I kind of intentionally didn't even look up how the differences, like what are the differences? Yeah. Um, but what, I think we what might great be able... uh, fodder for an off-season show. We can break down the differences in the calculations <laughs> yeah. of war and be war. And that's Just the kidding. kind of Just game. Kidding. Just that's <laughs> the kind of game-changing stuff we're going to do this off-season. Don't unsubscribe. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can unsubscribe. Uh, yeah, actually. Probably you probably part. should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go down the list here. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, give you the players uh, B war. Yes. Okay. I'm going to get uh, ready to bathe in victory. That's how confident I feel. So Ben's selections were 
Paul Goldschmidt yeah. came in at 7.8. Let's V-war. go. Big jump from F4. Yep. Tyler O'Neill, 1.3, which was exactly the same. Harrison Bader, 1.2. Slight decrease. Oh, no. Brendan Donovan, 4.1. Let's go. Brendan Donovan. B-War loves B-Don. <laughs> B-Samorka loves B-War and B-Don. B-Sim. <laughs> um, Johan Oviedo, 1.1, yeah. which, was an, which was an increase. And Alec Burleson, negative 0.1. Damn. which was actually an increase. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do the totals yet. Okay. My team, Nolan Arenado, 7.9. Wow. Giving Arenado the highest of any Cardinal. Not that surprising. Dylan Carlson, 2.0, which was a decrease. Adam Wainwright, 1.8, which was a decrease. Nolan Gorman, 0.7, which wow. was an increase. Juan Yepes, 0.4, which was an increase. I say Yepes. I say Yepes, too. We say Yepes. And Matt Liberatore, negative 0.5, which oh, was wow. a big, which is a big dump from yeah. uh from Fangraphs. So the total. I I feel pretty good, I think. My team comes in with a 12.3 total B-War. Ooh, which hiss. is lower. And Ben, 15.4. Let's go me. Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan. B-Sim teaming up together to win. That is, that is, that is an easy win. That is, I didn't even need most of Brendan on that. I, honestly, I just needed a little sliver of it. So here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Say it. This is bullshit. And I think <laughs> I think yeah. in the in the bird scored, yeah, it was rightly decreed that really we should have done it where C70 Oviedo... isn't here to save you now, my friend. <laughs> we don't have to name names. Um, <laughs> it was the collective bird scored feels yeah. that it was the spirit of the competition was Cardinals, and because Oviedo and uh Bader are not then we shouldn't count them, and I think uh, that I win. So how's that feel? You may think that you win, <laughs> but as discussed, I win, and um, mm-hmm. I, I'll take my prize, please. I'm playing this game under protest, and I'm going straight to Manfred. We can we can play the tape back all you. We could do a whole episode just listening back to the tape of the episode that we uh, put this on, and then we can follow it up with the subsequent. No, I won. Listen. Listen, and I'm being my, a gentleman about this. I, I I'd like to point out I'm being very cordial. Um, you suck. My feelings don't care about your facts, sir. I think <laughs> that I actually am the one who won. Uh, so good job, me. Um, wow. B-war. Never take an L. <laughs> Never take an L. I uh, I I am interested in why uh, B-war liked your guys so much better than mine. It it is. All, just still truly amazing that we tied on on Fangraphs Wars. So it's nuts. Um, I'm my my guess is that 
there's a, that that um, B War puts more value on defense. The only reason why I could see Brennan Donovan being so much higher than he was because it's not like he was a masher or anything. So four point one uh, B War, like that's you know approaching into like high end season, and yeah. he you know he didn't have the bat for that. But we all know he was fantastic defensively. So. Yeah, uh, I, I I want like also like the two things you could say about Brendan Donovan's season is really great defensively all over the field and really high OBP. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering, and maybe we should actually take the time to look into this. I'm wondering if the <laughs> no, fan no, graphs no, 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 no. fan graphs war is actually weighing power more than and and uh, B ref is weighing on base over power. Yeah. Um, although obviously both are super important, but yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, you suck. Uh, I rule Brendan Donovan's great. Uh, move on. Uh, yeah, I guess it's time to move on. So we'll do this again next year and we'll set clear expectations for how we'll handle a tie. So we <laughs> no, don't have to I, do it. I get where in a row. I get where the, the bird scores coming from and I get where you're coming from and everything like that, but I cannot predict you cannot predict who Gersh and co Mo and co whatever are, are going to move away from or what they're going to do. Um, I think I would like I would like to point out that both of those players who were traded uh, were inactive on the big league <laughs> roster for months. I don't want you to bring that up because yeah. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> if anything, it hurt me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know if we I'm 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 actually certain looking at it that if we just subtracted their time not on Cardinals, you still have a yeah. higher number yeah. than me, but that's not the point. Yeah. The point is that uh-huh. there's a you, way you something to yell about. Yes. Okay, yeah. See. But if we take it away, I don't know about, um, that was total. Let me look at fan graphs real quick. Yeah. I think I win if we, yeah. So I win. Okay. I've determined I've done wow. the numbers. I've done the numbers and, um, no, no, Ben. Good job. You Ugh. you wrote to Baseball Reference in the last <laughs> week and got them to change the numbers. Um, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, so. Yeah, I, I you're the worst loser of all time. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm great at it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, shout out once again to associate sound producer Chris Phillips for his beautiful draft day song. Uh, we'll, we hopefully won't hear it again for like five more months whenever <laughs> we do this again in March or whenever we whenever we decide to do it. So uh, let's get into some of the stuff that we want to talk about in going into the off season. So um, there's been some Wainwright discussion. I think, you know, if we start with the, you know, we know we're no more Yachty, no more pools. So like one of the big stories going into the off season is the Wayno situation. And I think, yeah, there's a couple different stories here to talk about, um, you know, big picture. Is he coming back? Right. And then underlining that is, his uh, tweet thread that he put out like basically right before we recorded last week and we, and we didn't really have time to talk about it, but there hasn't really been much of a change since last week to this week, but we didn't really get a chance to talk about it before. So we thought we would do it today. Um, yeah. 
how are you feeling like if you were to make a bold prediction right now like what yeah. do you think what are you feeling on the Wainwright front yeah yeah well I think first just to like if you did not pay attention to the Wayno tweet storm that he was kind of basically explaining himself to the fans of the media of like this is what happened um, and the long story short of it is that after a start about a month and a half uh, before the end of the season, he uh, was hit by a comebacker on the knee and then it reduced his extension, meaning the way that he stretches from the rubber down the mound by about a foot and a half. Um, and his mechanics were normal other than that. So I think it was hard for him and Mad Dog and the Cardinals to to put together. And he he basically said like, I was cutting my stride off early, somehow did not pick up on that. It wasn't being diligent enough on my video work and that it wasn't dead arm. It wasn't this. It wasn't that it was that that was the huge, the huge problem there. So I think it's, you know, um, first off, I want to say I thought that was really cool for Wainwright to basically just sit down and have like a fireside chat and be like, hey, here's what happened. Um, Give me all the criticism. I should have found this. We all should have found this. Uh, But figured out and made adjustments. And that's why I was going better towards the end of the season. So cool on him to just be super transparent. That's great. Um, and then to answer your question, I, it, it is, well, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it to start off the show is because I think I've kind of flip-flopped on this a little bit. I don't know exactly how to feel about it prior to the Montgomery Quintana trade. I think it would have been a hundred percent. Yes. Uh, figure it out incentive laden, laden, uh, you know, throw, throw a contract at him, just get it, get it figured out one year. Why wouldn't we have Wayne, right? He's one of the best pitchers in the organization. Now, as time has gone on and the Quintana and Montgomery trade are in the background and we have some interesting things happening, happening in the minor leagues. And by that, I mean, uh, Connor Thomas is looking strong. Tink Kent's right. far, far away is looking strong. Um, and you Graceffo, have Graceffo, yeah. you have Liberator, you have, uh, Dakota Hudson might be effective. Zach Thompson might be effective. There are so many young names out there. Um, and then if you don't even want to talk about like betting on young guys is the way the Cardinals have kind of gone for, I don't know, four or five, six, 10 years, you know, um, it's kind of, kind of <laughs> right. been the way it's gone. If you want to look outside of the organization, there are a lot of big names on the free agent market right now. And let's say if you do want to, you know, let's say, or, or sorry, if Jack Flaherty is healthy, um, and that's all working the way that we, we think it's going to work and he has a nice healthy season. If you go get a big arm on the free agent market, Carlos Rodon, for instance, um, is there a spot for Wainwright? Uh, it's hard for me to argue if you go get a Rodon, you still have a pretty stout six man rotation. Um, especially if you're dipping into those young guys. So I, I guess I'm kind of answering that with a question right now and then I'll toss it back to you. And then I, I think after you say what you're going to say, maybe I'll give a, a more real opinion. Um, so that was but, all a fake opinion. I mean, that was just me kind of laying the groundwork for my thought process, I guess. Yeah. Um, First of all, you said dip into the young guys, which just made me uncomfortable for a moment. Um, it's a Kyle Reeseism right there. <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I have also gone back and forth on this. I thought before he went out and laid out his explanation for why he was bad, 
I was thinking this might be retirement time for Wayno. Yeah. He would come out. I was starting to expect some sort of press release of like, I'm not a Hall of Famer because he's so, you know, this is my expectation of, of Wayno yeah. doing this. This isn't me putting it on him. Um, but like, I'm not a Hall of Famer. Yachty and Pujols are. I didn't want to distract from the end, ends of their career, but I want you all to know I've decided to step away as well or something like that, right? Yeah. Be the be the crazy, humble, modest guy that that he always is. Um, But then he put that out and, you know, you could read it in a lot of different ways. And I think one of the ways to read it is him basically saying like, y'all, I'm still fine. That was yeah. a, that was a, I was good before it. That was a very specific situation that we solved and I'll be back next year without a problem, you know? Yeah. Um, so that I, I read it more as that he probably explains it anyway, either way, but it just really felt to me like that's laying the groundwork for like, I want I could come or I'm ready to come back if they'll have me. Cause right. to your point, it is a two way decision. Even if Wayno wants to come back do the Cardinals offer him, I think so. So ultimately I do think he will be back because we've gone now several years going into the, uh, into the year saying like, well, we've got all these options. We've got all these guys and two years in a row now it's been trash and we've had to like, yeah pull people off the scrap heap to save the rotation this year. They did. They went a little higher than pulling off the scrap heap, you know, which w- saved the season. And now we have Jordan Montgomery. And I know like there's a lot of talk about bringing back Quintana, but like besides the strategic element of bringing back a like obviously the Cardinals are willing to extend legacy players. If the Cardinals were thinking, I, I hate to say this, but if the Cardinals were thinking truly like absolutely strategic, they probably wouldn't have extended Molina as many times as they did. But like sure. the value of having him on almost like a emotional level, I think under like added some some of that day to day, you know, value. So I think if Wayno wants to come back, the Cardinals will give him. I'm predicting 12 million with incentives all the way up to sure. like 20 million if he uh if he can't, if, if he, you know, outperforms and then we'll just figure it out from there. Um, cause yeah. you never have too much pitching and like you could do a lot worse than getting an Adam Wayne, right? Yeah. And I think my counter argument to that thought process is first off, I, I loved having Molina as long as we had him, even though he became ineffective in the final year and a half. Um, but I think, you know, I, I've rallied about the Cardinals needing to find another catcher to replace him. But I would actually say, you know, like gun to my head, the probably the biggest hole in this team, and especially watching these playoffs where you see you Darvish and Aaron Nola and Garrett Cole and uh, Tristan McKenzie and all these and Nestor Cortez, all these great frontline starters having great seasons. Like I'm just sitting here looking at the free agent list for starting pitchers and you know, some of these names I will say are frontline starters, and some of them are very, very, very good number twos. But Chris Bassett is a free agent. Mike Clevenger is a free agent. I don't think this is going to happen, but Jacob DeGrom is a free agent. Right. Um, just keep going well, down the list. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I think we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk uh, about our like off season hopes later on. And I, I think like 
why not both? You know, like yeah. if, if we've seen it year after year, like these guys keep getting hurt or our young guys take, like we've, we've talked and you mentioned Kyle Reese, like we've talked about there. There's obviously some problem that the Cardinals have with like getting over the hump of hot, like good pitching prospect into good top end or even high level starting pitcher because the entire rotation this year were was all non Cardinals except for Wayno who went through the development cycle 20 years ago you right. know um obviously I have a lot of hope in uh Hints and Graceffo and Thomas you know there there seems to be a new crop of these guys but like I don't know where's Alex Reyes right now you know he's the so True, truly where is Alex Reyes right yeah. now probably like, oh, physically where is he yeah, yeah I think he's gonna get DFA'd um yeah. you know but um Blairg. yeah but uh or non-tendered or whatever so um I don't know yeah I guess likely my expectation is that this this will be resolved one way or another in the next couple weeks I do not think Wainwright or the Cardinal organization want that question to be uh like drug on and I don't think it's a question of looking at the market it's like a you know like with Matt Holiday and all that it was like okay he's gonna test the market the Cardinals are gonna test the market we'll see what happens and they finally did a deal in like January I think with Wainwright it's the team probably already knows and I think probably both sides kind of already know it's just been a matter of either a contract negotiation or, or waiting for the right time to announce, you know? Yeah. And I wonder, like, I think that you're probably right. And I, I would, I think I'm going to ask myself a question and then answer it right away. It's like, wow. what's the difference between last year and this year when Wayno did seem like he was legitimately entertaining other, uh, other teams. There was talks of him becoming a Padre and, and there were some other teams involved. I think the Yankees may have been involved as well. But they were winning teams. I think uh, Braves, uh, they were winning teams that were looking for Wayno services last year. And my guess is that Wayno at this point is pretty much Cardinals or nothing. I think that the way yeah. that last year went, um, how could you go to another team? I, I think, uh, you know, th- that would be my if I were to put money on it. That being said, if the Cardinals don't sign him and they say we're moving on from Adam Wainwright and he suits up with the White Sox next year, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I think that you're probably right. Yeah, I, I think we'll find out soon. And I think he's going to be a Cardinal, but um, we'll see. Yeah, um, I've never been wrong before. So, you know, <laughs> there's a. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, all right. So Wayno moving on, um, the topic no one really wants to talk about, and we don't really have anything I think maybe new to say about this, but we're going to say it anyway. Uh, that's what we do on this show. Um, Nolan Arenado, I think this is the real clinch of the off season. This is the one yeah. that I'm, I like, I'm like, I want to know now I want, like. I, I really would have loved for Arenado like two days after elimination to come out and be like, Hey everyone, like, don't, I know that was disappointing, but don't worry. I'm, I'm a Cardinal and I'm sticking with it. You know, like, yeah, it didn't happen. No, so. it did not. Well, 
and I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think the most likely outcome here, um, and and I guess really quick, I'm just going to like super high level this so that just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Although I'm I'm sure most people know what we're talking about when the Cardinals traded for Nolan Arenado in that insanely lopsided deal. Uh, the MLB asked for the Cardinals to change the way in which Nolan's contract was organized. Uh, and that meant adding another opt out after last year uh, to be after this year. And it also added a $15 million final year, additional year to the deal. And the the club or the uh, MLB decided that that was worth the cash value of kind of the lopsided trade to make that a little bit more even and a little more player friendly. Um, so that means Nolan can opt out at the end of the season if he'd like to. And the reason that that is complicated is because he is far and away the best third baseman on the free agent list. And I mean, maybe the best third baseman in in baseball, there's probably a Jose Ramirez that might argue that and Manny Machado, but, uh, pretty, pretty good argument that he's one of the best third baseman in baseball. So the worry is 30 years old and likely a hall of famer. So you, yeah. (laughs) Hard yeah. to argue that he's not the uh, you know the best. So, so all uh, that being said, yeah. I do think he wants to stay in St. Louis, and I think what he's going to do and what makes the most sense, especially after the year that he just had, is that him and his agent are going to before the free agency period try to figure out a way to get Nolan more money on the back end of that deal and see if they can leverage that opt-out be, to become another year or two. My guess is that they would replace that one-year $15 million with a two-year $50 million on top of the existing contract, something like that. Get him to his year 38, get him paid, legacy player, last, the last jersey yeah. he wears as a Cardinal, and then he rides off into the sunset. That is what I truly believe is going to happen. Um, and I will say all of that with the idea of, Absolutely. You should, um, use, yeah. you got that opt out because the league thought it was fair. That is a tool or a lever that you can pull to get yourself more money and top end players should do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's sort of a spoiler to my, uh, when we talk about the off season later, like our predictions for it, uh, I think the most likely thing is that the vast majority of the activity this offseason for the Cardinals is dealing with internal situations rather than very many external uh, situations. And I think this is one of them. Um, I, I I don't know what the rules are in the pre-opt-out period. Uh, maybe you do. I, I think there's also an, a, a possibility that his agent is calling other high-end competitive teams because we know that's really important to uh to arenado to ask if there if you know there is interest uh for him before they make the decision because you know the yankees could use a third baseman the dodgers probably could use a third baseman i mean i know they like arenado or uh vargas but you know they are they are a fantasy team they just collect the best you know and uh there's this there's a bunch of high-end really good teams the phillies that that all could use third baseman. And so I, I could see there being some degree of like, hey, would there be a bidding war for me if I enter the free agent market? Sure. Uh, a, a bidding war amongst top end teams, uh, which there could be, you know. And if the answer is yes, then he might say, all right, Cardinals, you're in on the bidding war too. I opt out. Come at me, Dodgers, Yankees, Phillies, Cardinals, whoever makes me the best offer. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, to your point, like I would hate that, but 
he's one of the best of, you know, he's going to be hall of fame. So he's one of the yeah. best of all time. So he should be doing that. You know, I, I like, we all like to love the like fuzzy feelings of like, no, he loves the Cardinals and he's going to prioritize the Cardinals and maybe to some degree. Um, but guys don't usually, uh, if it's, if it's matters of like single digit millions, you know, you'll see people make those decisions. We saw like Harper, you know, he wanted a 13 year contract. So he prioritized length over AAV, you know, you see some guys sort of, um, like have preferences within their contract, but if there's a option out there where he goes out and makes like a hundred million more dollars than he's yeah. offered right now, like he would do it just like Pujols with the angels. Like, you know, yeah. This yeah and I, and I, so I, would I, everyone else. Sure. <laughs> you know? Oh Yeah. And I think, you know, the good news for the Cardinals, you, you flavor this however you want, but because of his age and the way in which people like him decline, I think it's probably unlikely. Like the Yankees have Aaron Judge that they need. That is going to be their top priority. Yeah. Um, I think that the Dodgers are going to do everything they can do to keep uh, their superstar shortstop, a uh, superstar Trey shortstop, Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Trey um, Turner. Uh, Trey Turner. Little, little yeah. uh, throwback. Yeah. Um. So that would be my prediction there. Um, now, if that sets up the Cardinals for for good things, may, maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's I, I, why wouldn't he do that? Um, right. And to, to answer the earlier part of your question, my hit us up. Talk about birds at Gmail dot com. If Nate and I are both wrong on this. But to my knowledge, he is a Cardinal until five days after the World Series. And it is he's not really allowed to negotiate or do anything outside of being a Cardinal until that day happens. Now, does that mean that his agent can go put out feelers and then figure these kinds of things out? I mean, probably, uh, I don't know to what degree that is investigated, but that is the way that I believe it works. But again, yeah, if you have more information than us, hit us up, talk about birds at gmail.com and we'll correct that. Yeah. There definitely are rules about what agents can do when you're under contract with one team, but, um, I, I'm not familiar with them right now. And that again is the type of podcasting that we bring to you day in and day out. <laughs> uh, so I I'm hopeful is, is again, the expectation that we should understand like what, like a, a contract law. I mean, I, I think we did. Okay. I think we did. Okay. But I guess, I you mean, know, if we're, if people... we're the ones who we bring up what we want to bring up. So maybe we could be better about not bringing up things that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like, you know, with people with the type of uh, brain capacities and power that we have, I think that was all very impressive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, the fact oh, that yeah. we're, the fact that we're completing sentences is really <laughs> impressive for the, yeah, just for what's going on up. Oh know, yeah. Up there. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. What do you want to talk about next? I'll, I'll flip it over. What do I want to talk about next? Uh, yeah. I think we got a couple of funny things um, that we can talk about really quick. But uh, speaking, you know, continuing the the old man conversation, we'll move right along. Yadier Molina, who's no longer a Cardinal, superstar of my heart, uh, will uh, has been announced as the manager of the and I can't, I can't speak Spanish, so I apologize. Um, he's been named the manager of the Navagantes de Magallanes. Of the Venezuelan Professional Baseball League. Hey, I can say those words. I commend you even trying. <laughs> Navigantes de Magallanes. Ma well, the double L is a Y, right? Magallanes. 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 Oh, we, we need to move on. <laughs> Navigantes de Magallanes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, if you can pronounce that any better than us, uh, email talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. <laughs> well, I can pronounce that better. Thanks for the email. Nice. <laughs> 
but do. I like you directing everyone to email, not Twitter. So yeah, no, no. So Twitter is privately. Twitter's <laughs> a, a a bad, dirty place. Email us. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's really exciting. It has a little, a little press conference and everything like that. And I guess like my my thought is like, when's he going to manage in the MLB? Do you think this is a stepping stone? Um, because to me, I'm I'm guessing. I'm going to try to read Yadier's uh, mind right now as he saw Mike Matheny have zero managing experience, go straight to the big leagues, flounder miserably, look stupid, get fired twice and was like, well, maybe I should go cut my teeth with uh, in Venezuela and, and see how that goes. And then maybe I'll see if I want to be a big league manager. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I mean, I it's it's funny we would for I think us as Cardinal fans, you know, think of Mike Matheny as a failed big league manager because he also you know we didn't talk about it but he got fired from the from the royals i, and, I think uh, we roasted him a couple of weeks ago about did, that did we so but he also had like a 12-year career as a big league manager and yeah. might get another job somewhere else i don't it might even though we love to roast uh roast him i don't know that anyone outside of like us would call that a, a like you know floundering well yadi yadi was watching it though I, True. Yep. Well, I mean, well, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You keep going. No, that I'm just, just a observation, but like, yeah, I mean, there was a time in Yachty's career where he was getting that question a lot and he would say pretty repeatedly, I don't want to be a manager. I'm not capable of making the decisions that are needed to be made in the regular season that prioritize longevity rather than the day-to-day win. You know, he basically implied like i want to win every game so strongly that i can't be a manager because a manager can't manage that way and that was a while ago so he absolutely could change but i also noticed that um you know for a lot of his managerial uh career thus far has been in like short tournament style things right right? where like you can go in and manage to win every single game so doing these other things might be to build that experience like you're talking about, but it also might just be like, that's the level at which he wants to manage and being a, a major league manager is not necessarily his goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll mark all that with, Ooh, I would love Yadi to be the manager, bring him back special assistant to the GM. So yeah. he's around. And then, you know, I, I, we're both huge Marmol fans. So I'm thinking more like, um, you know, some sort of like, let's create a special position, you know, like, or, or make him, you know, a bench coach or something that has him in the dugout, uh, basically directing the pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, uh, here's another thing that we don't know about on a topic that we brought up. I don't know exactly what the Venezuelan professional baseball league season looks like, but I really hope that Yachty could be some type of force in spring training or with the young guys. Like obviously he really enjoys teaching the art of catching. So any, anything to keep that going. I'd be really surprised if he's, if he's not involved in Cardinal uh, activities like going forward. I mean, he might take a break like a lot of guys do, you know, take a couple seasons to just go and live a life that is not dictated by the MLB's insane schedule. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd be surprised if he's not at least a like spring training guest of honor assistant coach sort of thing like sure. that. 
All right, uh, moving on into more news that isn't really news. Albert Pujols, our king, <laughs> our savior, is dating uh, the former president of the Dominican Republic's daughter. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know, good for Albert. You know, I think that this is, uh, he's going to leverage this into being the next president of the Dominican Republic. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> I was, he's gone and got himself a Kennedy, you know, yeah. like it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. What a, what a come up. Um, I, it's, it's just a continuation of the summer of Pujols, you know, yeah. he, uh, he, he ends a relationship that clearly hadn't, wasn't working for the two of them anymore. And then he goes and, uh, sets a whole bunch of new baseball records and got himself <laughs> the daughter of a president. You know, and know. She, she seems nice, you know, and, uh, I'm happy for him and happy for her. So it's just nice to see him. Just nice to see him thriving after, uh, you know, 10 years of kind of being a joke in, yeah. in, in, in a way, you know, Can I, so. I, I want to predict something. We are going to see um, a report in three weeks that says A-Rod is now dating Chelsea Clinton because <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be just like Albert. Would, yeah. Uh, and then we're going to find out that Jim Edmonds, you know, set the set up, uh, <laughs> even though it's probably not true at all. He, Jim Edmonds is going to imply that he's the reason Pujols and uh, and this woman are dating now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. All right. Uh, we can get out of Albert's personal life. But I just as we were talking about the old men, I thought that that was relevant. So we, yeah, can, we can move on there. Yeah. All right. Um, so there have been a couple actual like offseason uh uh, front office moves um, to that. Uh, generally, I'm excited about Michael Gersh. The, the I guess the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, was extended. And I think more exciting, uh, Randy Flores, uh, scouting director, was uh, I- extended. Um, I, I joke about Gersh because it certainly just seems like it's Mosellac. And I don't really know what Gersh is doing. But <laughs> they, they've kind of addressed that, too. Yeah. That, like, the transition was not as smooth as they wanted because of the pandemic, but like we should start to see Gersh as the actual GM, you know, soon. Um, but ultimately I I'm more excited about Flores being extended. Uh, you know, the, the 2020 I, draft is going down as, as an all timer, especially if Connor Thomas is starting to break out too, you know? Yeah. I, I think Mo and Gersh and DeWitt have put together a model that is highly sustainable and very risk adverse. The only thing that I think that you could really sit here and criticize them for is that, you know, the Cardinals don't have a a top third analytics department as far as budget and humans. So, um, is Gersh the guy to expand that? If you, we give him a little more power, is he going to add to the numbers? I do believe that that is a problem that baseball teams should just throw money at, because even if you expand, if they tripled their analytics department, it would be a TJ McFarland deal. Like that is the cost. Like just go do it. Go throw money at. I, I yeah. love what the the uh, the way the Giants handle it, where they just they have something like fifteen coaches and a huge analytics department. Like that is such a cheap way to improve your team. So that'd be yeah. my one criticism on those two guys. I'm fine with Gersh sticking around. I am curious to see if he does get like what you're talking about. Um. But yeah, with that caveat or with that topic kind of in the background, how are you not excited about Randy Flores getting more power, getting extended longer? I mean, we were just talking about like this this draft that he had with Walker and Hints and uh, uh, 
uh, Burley and um, and Win and Win. This is going to go down as an all time draft. The the yeah. arm looks really strong right now. We've talked about that all year. Um, I I only want to give Randy Flores more money, more resources, more time to see his vision. Obviously, the dude knows what he's doing. Um, uh, no notes. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, the um the there's been talk that other teams have started sort of knocking the door a little bit on both Gersh and Flores. Yeah. And so um, lock them up, get them, yeah. get them the time. I mean, honestly, if, if he, if he just, if he found a bunch of nothing and then just stumbled into a Brendan Donovan and a Jordan Walker every three or four years, like, I, I mean, he's just been great. So yeah, yeah I've again, no notes. Um, all right. So we've got some more things we want to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit more about our, our wish list for the off season. Um, but before, and, and we're going to check in on the current playoffs or whatever that is. But, um, uh, before we do that, I want to remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. Uh, we have a fun little community that is going basically 24 seven, uh, <laughs> talking about, the Cardinals talking about the playoffs just should have you know, signed Harper should have signed Harper. Um, every team should have signed Harper and, yeah. uh, you know, we're just having a good time in there. And if you want to support the show, support what we're doing, um, support the time and effort that we put into this as little effort as it might actually be. Um, we would really appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, any subscriber at any level gets access to the bird scored. Get on in there. We'd love to have you. Also, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Ben, where can people find us elsewhere? Make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Again, that's TalkAboutBirds on Twitter, the horrible, mean place that it is. Um, although, I guess we had some Twitter friends, so shout out to the Twitter friends. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds on Instagram. Again, that's TalkingAboutBirds on Instagram. And as I've already said this episode, if you want to email us, talk to us, questions, corrections, uh, explain to us how baseball contracts work and uh, how <laughs> what free <Please>. agency is, <laughs> please email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think that's all I got. I, I want to say again, you know, we we appreciate the reviews and big shout out to our uh, our birds quarters. It's been so much fun and it's been really nice having kind of a community to mope about with and and complain with about the Cardinals being out and, and kind of watching these these other games in the playoffs. So that's been a fun, fun time. And again, shout out to the Bird Squad. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we're gonna keep it going all off season. So you know if you like the content and want to keep it growing and supported, uh check it out. So uh all right. So now we're going to discuss sort of our I guess, how do we want to do this? I'm thinking there's like two different topics. There's like yeah. our hopes for the off season. And then I think there's kind of like, what do we actually think is going yeah, to happen? Yeah, I think, I, I think what we should start with is what we think is actually going to happen. And then we can cap it with if we were Mo or DeWitt, because um, that'll be a little more fun to talk about <laughs> because we know the uh, conservative uh, risk adverse, as we already talked about approach that the Gershon and Mo have and, and DeWitt have, but what do you, uh, what do you predict is going to happen if, if you were going to like put money on this or something? 
I think the most likely thing is that the vast majority of the offseason is dedicated to uh, things like reworking Arenado's contract to ensure that he stays a St. Louis Cardinal forever, possibly extending Jordan Montgomery and dealing with a lot of different uh, like upcoming arbitration and potential long-term contracts for some core pieces. And I unfortunately think that the most likely thing is that we see no major free agent signings to the Cardinals this year. I know there's a lot of talk about the catcher position. I, I love the Sean Murphy idea. I hope that that happens. And I think it's probably the most likely of all the Cardinals getting a, a new MLB high-end catcher. I think it's way more likely than the Contreras conversation that's been happening. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just at this point like settling in to where like if I set the bar really low, <laughs> I won't be disappointed. But like when's the last time the Cardinals have made a major free agent signing? I mean, I think sure. Dexter Fowler, you know, uh, now extensions, contract reworks, things like that. Absolutely. They do that, you know, but we don't see them go out and get these guys when they do try. It's and usually fail. It's the like unicorn hitting free agency at age 27 and is like the perfect fit. But we that's not really happening this year. Um, Carlos Correa. Yeah, maybe, but I don't I don't think they go for Correa. I think that they look at Mason Wynn and Edmund and, you know, all that. I, I just don't see it now. I don't know. Like, am I being too pessimistic? What do you What do you think? What do I think is going to happen? Well, I predicted this, you know, from day one. But Quintana, two years, twenty two million, something like that. Um, I think rotational depth is going to be a huge part. I, I do think that they will be attached to a lot of these big high end starters. I do think. Um, I do think that the Nolan thing will be figured out, and I think he'll have a longer and more lucrative contract. I think those are all highly likely outcomes. Um, I also think the Cardinals need to invest in some of their core. Um, and, and right now, especially after last season, it's kind of hard for me to really say this guy or that guy, but Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill could be extension candidates or at least locking them up through arbitration and maybe you're on top of that. Um, I think that uh, Tommy Edmond is an extension candidate. I think Jack Flaherty, Flaherty could be an extension candidate and maybe got yeah. him for cheaper than we had originally thought. Um, but I think something that the Cardinals need to address is the fact that they're the kind of the core of the team is all either on deals that have, you know, they're, they're either legacy. I mean, it's really two guys on legacy deals that are uh, Goldie and Arenado if he sticks around. And then outside of that, there's really not much certainty. There's a lot of arbitration that's coming up. There's a lot of players who are just, you know, kind of going through the, the thing. And I think, you know, everybody's been really impressed to see what the Braves have been doing. And I think taking a little page out of the Braves book um, would be very, very smart. And I believe, you know, Gersh and Mo and whoever can figure out who it's who they should put that money in. Do you go lock up Tyler O'Neill after a down season, get a deal and lock up a player who we I think you and I think is an all-star level player for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, maybe that's the move. Yeah. Um, and I, 
Well, here, I'll let you out. Yeah, you go, and then I'll talk about catcher. Okay, so I would be very supportive of an extension right now of Jack Flaherty and Tyler O'Neill. But remember, also, contracts are two-way streets. Those two guys have to accept a contract extension after both of them just had very down seasons. And the Cardinals would go in likely expecting a discount because of that. And I just, especially Jack, but Tyler O'Neill as well, like I suspect that the two of them would rather go through arbitration again, come out the other side and try to have a much better 2023 to set themselves up for a, a significantly better pay, pay, uh, pay raise. The yep. thing that the Braves are doing is they're going in on these guys when they're like a month or two into the league and they're Matt offering Olson them. was not a month or two in the, in the league. No, that's fair. But you know, Riley they had also, was a month or two in the league with Matt Olson. They had tried to give that much money to Freeman and he just turned it down. So they were already primed to like, you know, make this yeah. mega, mega deal. But, uh, but the thing that like the Braves that everyone's really keeps talking about is the Michael Harris's, the Von Grissom's, the Acuna's, the Ozzy Albies, you know, these guys that play for two months look good and they extend them for $50 million. You know, yeah. we don't really have that right now with the card. Who would that be on the Cardinals? You know? Yeah. And so, I think the counter argument to that, Nate, is that you're Tyler O'Neill and you've learned how fragile, you know, a baseball player can be. And you, sure. you know, somebody sits down and says, here's 60 million, 70 million, 80 million bucks. And you're like, oh shit, this is guaranteed. I'm just going right. to take this. Which is the whole thing. Why I don't think what the Braves have been doing is really, some people have been mad about it or think it's exploitive. I, I don't think it is at all. I think it's a, a risk on both sides, you know? Um, I think just these guys are a little bit further into their careers. They already have, you know, what was Tyler's, uh, arbitration last year, five and a half million. You yeah. know, Jack's made several million. A couple. It's not like they're these guys that are just out of the minor league camp. You know, who've been living in one bedroom apartments with four other people. They they are millionaires already. Yeah, and they've had success in the big leagues. Uh, so I just, you know, maybe I I just don't think you get the discount that you think you would get. And uh, well, but Dylan I, Carlson, I think, should be in that conversation, too, though. He's he's closer to it. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that that makes more sense to me than like I think you could get Carlson at a at a lower price after last year's down year than you could maybe a, an O'Neill or a Flaherty. Um, yeah, I will say again, either way, discount or not, I'd be supportive of those extensions, which is why I think like something like that is going to happen. The Cardinals have estimate if they just go back to the uh with no real major increases the estimate right now is that they probably have around 30 million or so to play with as far as like openings for this offseason um and that is baking in a lot of the standard arbitration escalation yeah. so do you use that on one single big free agent and pay someone 30 a year or thereabouts I think you and I would both prefer that, but I think the most likely thing is we're just going to see a bunch of like little deals. You know, I bet they do get a catcher, but I, I think the, again, the most likely thing is like the, the old way the Cardinals used to do, which is sign like the old dude who can just sort of be there and, and, and play for you while they have Kisner and eventually Herrera. Um, but you wanted to say something about catcher. So what's yeah, your... yeah, I think, you know, I think the good news, uh, I, I think the Sean Murphy thing is, is the best option. Um, he's young. He just had a great year. He is a very good defender and he is a very good hitter. 
um, and he's still got RBers left. And that that would be a guy that you trade for and lock up, and he's your catcher for a while. Um, really, really like him. And you would have to imagine that where the A's are in their competitive window, that you can get pretty creative as far as which prospects you're going to be moving. And by that, I mean young guys, um, guys you have SERP. Like, they're not going to be super picky. They're not going to say, just just this guy i think they'll kind of take value over positional like preference um yeah that being said sean murphy's gonna cost you like a nolan gorman and somebody else he is not going to be cheap he's very good and other people are going to be going for him as well um but to get back to what i think is more likely to happen um christian vasquez roberto perez um and gary sanchez are all the Sanchez are all free agents this year. And I think that if you do want to get Gary Sanchez, I do think it's a good idea because he can play catcher. He can also DH. Um, and I bet he's cheap. And Christian Vasquez, I think, is massively underrated. He is a fantastic defender and a pretty good contact hitter. He's kind of like Yachty Light a little bit, or at least the most comparable thing on the free agent market. Big fan of him. There's also Omar Navarez, who was with the uh, Brewers last year, who is a very good framer and a pretty solid hitter, even though he had a down year. I like all those guys. I've also talked about trading for Max Stassi, who I think is vastly underrated over there with the Angels. He's an excellent defender um, and an okay hitter and a very good framer. So um, I, I like all of those ideas. I do think, you know, I've talked about this all year. I do think the Cardinals do need to go get somebody who can really backfill Yachty, not a Kinsner, uh, Kinsner Herrera uh, tandem. I want an adult um, who's done it before behind the plate. <laughs> and I will reiterate this. If Sean Murphy is going to cost Nolan Gorman plus... Um, I'm pretty interested in having that conversation like Gorman and Libertor for Sean Murphy. I probably say yes. Does that get it done? I, I don't know exactly. I need to think about it more. Um, but I think the Cardinals should be aggressive in getting him. And I think I, I just think he's really special. I think he is as yeah. good as good of a catcher as there is out there right now. Um, although Adley Rutschman is probably the best just cause well, of the, yeah, that, what he did, a- but you're that's not getting a, him. He's he's no. not available forever, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he certainly seems like the next like Buster Posey, right? Or like, you know, just that rallying captain of a team that turns them around. So, um, I like, I yeah, I, uh, Sean Murphy. I'm I'm I you know I, I originally I initially cringe at like Gorman and Libertor, but yeah, I mean, you're acquiring one of the best catchers in baseball, and and it would be a huge step up in our lineup because as much as we all love Yachty, it's been a hole in the lineup and yeah. the rest of the lineup is still there. You still have sure. assuming Arenado's back. Like think of how deep the lineup looks now with uh, Murphy at probably five or maybe six rather than uh, he um, could be your, your three or five or six easy yeah. depending on how you want to, how you want to organize that. Um, and again, like, like cannon arm, great framer, young athletic like if you could create a catcher in a you know in a video game or whatever you'd he'd look a lot like yeah. sean murphy to me this all comes down to what is the cardinals actual perspective of Ivan herrera because by going and spending all that for murphy you're now saying herrera is is not our our plan and that's a pretty steep fall from not that long ago like middle of 2022 season when it sure still seemed like he was the future. So are you really letting 
you know, three months of questionable outcomes determine that you're done with that pro, you know, with the project of Herrera, which you could say maybe it doesn't, you don't have to go all the way to say we're done with him. Just that that guy over there looks better than what, you know, what we think you will do for us prioritizing short term. But to me and, and, Murphy's not as good as Arenado. I, I'm not shocking anyone by saying that, but to me, that's like, oh, we shouldn't go get Nolan Arenado because Nolan Gorman is over there and he's a prospect yeah. that's coming up. Like, no, just go get the guy that you know that's good and you'll figure out what to do with Herrera when the time is right. But he's not, I don't yeah. think he's going to be banging the door down by any means. And obviously the d- defense isn't there. Um, it's highly likely that he'll be, you know, very, very, uh, a very solid uh, major league defender in a, in a year or two, or it could be, he takes a step forward this off season. But like I said, like you, you don't, yeah. you don't know, not go get the superstar because you've got somebody who may be good. Uh, speaking of pro- prospects, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about Arenado, but if Arenado does opt out, I mean, the Cardinals basically announced Jordan Walker as the starting third baseman going into the season, right? Like, sure. <laughs> I guess you could more, more likely they say Gorman and then, you know, yeah. Walker comes yeah, in, you know, and, you know, but all those reports talk about just how unbelievably athletic uh, Jordan Walker is and how good he looks getting low at third base. Yeah. He, uh, his arm just got clocked at almost a hundred miles an hour in the outfield. I mean, I don't know. I bet it plays. I'll, I'll take a chance there. It's what he was doing until they decide until, you know, they're like, Oh, he will not be a third baseman for the Cardinals. Cause of yeah. Arenado. Yeah. he's only been in the outfield for a little while now and he's been crushing it out there. He looks great, but, um, okay. Yeah. I, I hope that it's Sean Murphy as well. And yeah. if we can move into like what we really want to happen, um, what I, I think that there are two moves that I, I, truly want and i think still sit in the realm of possible outcomes because if we want to just go full on like, like get trey turner get Sean, you know, but <laughs> yeah but um i think murphy is on my list of like this is the true outcomes that i want and then you already said it but rodan it, it's like so obvious to me that carlos rodan is exactly what this team needs uh he workhorse ace he's amazing left-hander like i'm a huge fan of him uh, when the Giants signed him, I was like, what a missed opportunity for the Cardinals. And it was exactly right. And then I, I was ringing the bell for them to trade for him at the uh, trade deadline. And, you know, they went a different route. But like Rodon, I think, is exactly the kind of guy that they need right now. And the whole rotation takes it looks so different with Rodon at the top. If Flaherty... And Montgomery are your number two and your number three, or and and Michaelis is in there too. Like, what a difference that makes. Yeah. And wait, look, sure, Wayno can be your fifth, and then Matts and everyone else are all competing for that sixth spot, and or you know whatever ineffectiveness or or injury happens. You know, you've got your your depth guys are actually depth guys and not like yeah. rotating around your fifth spot. So. Murphy and Rodon are, are who I would love for the Cardinals to yeah. like if they could do that, it'd be such a significant offseason, I think. Yeah. And, you know, like to just like you're, you're talking about adding 10 plus war to the team. That would be 
Right. That'd be a great with, you know, those two players involved. I think that that would be great. Um, so yeah, I, I think Rodon makes a lot of sense. I said his name already today. Mike Clevenger is a name that I find very interesting. Uh, he came back, obviously had some health issues that he'd been dealing with, but the guy still got great stuff. Um, you know, I think he, you could maybe buy low even a little bit on him, um, and, and give him, I don't know, a three or four year deal. I think that'd be in, very interesting. I, I already said Bassett, who's, a a guy that he's the, the only problem with Bass is it's hard to slot him into the front of the lineup. Same with Sean Manaya. Hard to slot those guys as number one, but they are very good, effective ground ball pitchers. Um, and then there's some budget options. You know, Nick Martinez is sort of interesting. Uh, Martin Perez is sort of interesting. We've already talked about Quintana. Um, so, so those names I do, I, I don't know. There's, you know, all those names out there are fun. I would say um, somebody who I would be, I don't the, the the or I'll just say the name and then we can talk about it. Uh, Brandon Nimmo is going to be a free agent, mm. and he is a very good defender. He steals bases. He ha- he takes a lot of walks. Um, and he's a left-handed hitter, and he could slot in at the top of the Cardinals lineup extremely well. I think. Um, really, you're just kind of buying more into the uh you know the game plan of having your on base guys one two. And then your mashers come up three, four, five, six, or however deep you feel that lineup is. Um, but I think he's a guy that can be got for not a ton of money. Like I said, I like his defense. I like his bat. I like kind of everything he does. I like how when he takes a walk, he sprints to first base like a lunatic. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, like is it, uh, Brad Penny, who would run in and slide <laughs> into the pitcher's mound. No, no, that- no, no, no. That was, uh, oh, he was the clo- Heath Bell. Heath Bell. Yeah. Heath that's, Bell for the Padres. That's the kind of energy that we need <laughs> on this team. But, I, you know, Brandon Nimmo has one of those skill sets that I think you can imagine aging pretty well. He's He's got one of the best eyes in the game. That thing usually, or that that skill sits around for a while and uh, an, another left-handed bat, um, you know, especially with moving on from Bader, I don't know, an outfield of, uh, you know, if, if Lars and or Dylan is your fourth outfielder and you've got Nimmo out in right field every day, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Well, I mean, if he's only a dollar, that's a <laughs> choice. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I like Nemo. I've been a fan of him for a while. And he's one of those uh, pieces that, you know, leads to a team like the Mets being able to win 100 games or even like you're your like not top end players have a really distinct, valuable skill set that that layer on and 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 make a make a like sort of an elite supporting cast. My only problem with it is that so now you've got you know we're we're you and I feel locked in on Tyler O'Neill left field. Now yeah. obviously he has shown consistent injury concerns over the years so you assume there's some opportunity in left field even if you assume Tyler is your starting. But still, you've got a guy you're you're checkmarking as your starter. Carlson in center or right field. I think you and I still both believe you know we just talked about extending him and you're not doing that unless you think he is a permanent starter as well. Right. So you got Carlson and you've got O'Neill. Okay, those are locked in. We also think Newbar has had a bit of a breakout. We also think Alec Burleson was starting to break out. We also say Yepes. We also think Jordan Walker is a is a competitive outfielder. So I just don't know like where are you if you have a limited amount of resources as far as money on who you sign. I like Nemo, but I think I would just much rather see that money be like 
a third of the cost of, uh, you know, Rodon or, or whatever it might be. Now, if you end up trading a couple of those outfielders in the pursuit of Sean Murphy, okay, now it's starting to come around, you know, but as it is, I cannot see the Cardinals are more likely to trade an outfielder than they are to sign one right now. I think they should do both. Um, I also think like, again, like I, I'm a big fan of Burley, big fan of Yepes, uh, big fan of Newt. Um, I like those guys. One of them is probably going to hit. Um, but I, I just think the Cardinals could use more consistency on the offense. Um, I, I like having more left-handed bats. I mean, look at how much starting time Corey Dickerson got this year. Um, yeah. I just think that, you know, w- w- whether that's good or bad, I think that the depth could be used and maybe Newt is wearing an A's uniform next year. I, I don't know exactly yeah. how that folds out, but I think that is a type of player that the Cardinals haven't had for a while. I mean, since carp, um, and getting somebody in there at the top of the lineup to clog up the bases. I, I just, that, that is my methodology. That's what we saw the Cardinals do this year and score a lot of runs. I say, keep going. Yeah. Also, he's I mean, a good I, defender. Also, he's a good base runner. Also, yeah, I think it's I going it. to age well. I like also, him. I don't think he's going to yeah. be that expensive. You know, there's all yeah. those other things as well. But again, like, I don't want to overvalue the prospects, even though I agree with, of course, we like those guys. Um, right. And that being said, if we sign Nemo and Jordan Walker is crushing everything, like, I don't know, I bet we find a space for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's with the DH and with the road, you know, there, there's a lot of places for these guys. And and Dick, you're right. Dickerson got a lot of at bats, but that was also really before we had started bringing in Burleson. It's like sure. the addition of Burleson and Walker is where I think you are at that log jam that we didn't quite run into this yeah. year because those guys were not ready. So, all right. Well, none of this is going to be resolved, maybe even for months. So you're going to I think we'll checking in on this checking this in will on be, yeah, constant conversation yeah. this year yeah 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 so um let's check in on the the rest of the league not a lot to talk about other than the playoffs um, but there's a few good stories in here um you know i do think it's pretty interesting that uh you know is, is this what you wanted mlb you wanted uh, all your best teams to have to go through, <laughs> you know so we've we've got a phillies Padres uh NLCS which yeah I'm I think it's great you know we don't this would we don't need the Braves there again we don't need the Dodgers there again um parody is important for the health of the sport yeah yeah you know people keep saying like oh the the MLB really wants the Yankees in the World Series and the MLB really wants the Astros in the World Series they really wanted the Dodgers in the World Series and I and I don't I, I get the argument on the short term because those just have bigger fan bases and they want those uh, those uh, sh- those games have really high ratings. But I don't know. I think like the, for the long term uh, value of the sport, you need seasons like this where the World Series has a like underdog team in it, you know, and hopefully even a winner where like, yeah, I think it, it adds excitement to the league more broadly, even if like an individual game has lower ratings, you know? Yeah. And like, how do you not, like if you're a small market team, how are you not pumped for what the Padres are doing? Right. If you're a poorly ran organization, <laughs> how are you not, you know, happy to see what the Phillies are doing? Like, Hey, maybe the Rockies <laughs> hey, can we could do it. do it too. Yeah. 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 If, we go know, all you, in on one idea. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, and it's working that, you know, the, the home, whatever team has the most home runs usually wins a playoff game. So, um, no, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I will say, you know, I'm definitely rooting for the Padres to overtake the Phillies, although the Phillies are looking really good. I mean, that Schwarber home run, I know it's just, well, I, I had, I had a freaking PTSD from wow. uh, the, the 2015 playoffs, 120 you know. miles an hour off the bat. 488 feet, the hardest hit ball of his entire career. Kyle Schwarber looking, his swing is short and quick and powerful right now. Like not to mention that Mr. Harper has gone completely out of his mind and they have those two high end starters that we got to meet. Like watch out Phillies. I'm definitely, you know, I don't think I really am caring like with my heart any direction. I do like the idea of the Padres just because it's been way longer since they've been there. Yeah. Um, then the Phillies, the Phillies, you know, it's only been a decade, which is something, but not as well, long as the, the Padres. The, because of the pandemic, the last time uh, Padres fans saw a win at home in the playoffs was like 1996 or something yeah. like that. Like, you know, big time drought. And I, I don't know why. I, I think it's recency where the Cardinals were eliminated by the Padres. So I have this like inherent like boo Phillies. Padres. Uh, and and well, and Phillies. I mean, pa- yeah. the Padres eliminated the Gardens in 2020, and yeah. and now the Phillies in 2022. Um, but I'm like not feeling joy for either of these teams, yeah. and I think it's because of my, you know, extreme bias towards the Cardinals. But if I have to pick between the two of them, there's a lot of guys I like on the Padres, and I love the video game way in which AJ Preller tries to build his teams, which yeah. is like <laughs> prospects be damned. I'm going to ram through these trades. I'm just going to keep piling people on until they say yes. And now he's got an NLCS team, you know? So yeah. Uh, is anybody talking about like the, the Juan Soto and Bryce Harper of it all? Like I, these two guys that used to be the driving engines of the nationals now facing off against each other tonight, the night that we are recording this, uh, we have Austin Nola versus Aaron Nola. Yeah. Uh, which is very exciting. I mean, this is a great series. This is one that I'm locked into. I'm actually going uh shout out my buddy, Steven. What up, Steven? Um, if he's listening to this, uh, we're going to go to uh, this local bar called Stoney's and they have unlimited wings tonight. We're going to watch the back half of unlimited game. wings. Yeah. It's Do they like know the, you're going. Uh, yeah, we've done this before. It's very you dangerous. Pre-warned them. What is it? Uh, we call it. Is it? Is it a hundred dollars? Because wings are so expensive right now. No, it's like fifteen bucks. It's a great right. deal. It'd be cheaper for me to get a flight out there <laughs> and join you than it would be for me yeah. to, to consume the amount of wings that I want to consume <laughs> at, at a bar around here. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll put photos in the birds cord. Uh, but yeah, we're, we'll catch a little bit of the Phillies Padres game, but we're mostly going to be watching the Yanks and Strohs. Um, so I guess to button that up, though, I'm definitely um, Team Padres. Hassan Kim is my guy. I like you, Darvish. I like Blake Snell. Um, who else do I like over there? I like Juan Soto. Trent Grisham I kind of like because he's so serious and angry looking all the time. Um, and Hater. I'm kind of happy about this Hater story. He's kind of kicked it back into gear. Um, and the Brewers should be punished yeah. uh, by watching him. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. He's like likely a Hall of Fame or near Hall yeah. of Fame reliever. Uh, not surprised that he's looking good again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so him him clicking in is good. Um, and then, yeah, really quickly going over to the AL, uh, that Josh Naylor home run with him uh, rocking the baby to sleep was <laughs> maybe my favorite home run celebration I, that I can remember. 
and then the and then the crowd turning it on him but yeah. he's, he loves it if you oh, saw yeah. that quote from him like he was ecstatic that they were shouting that at him like i i love it I, josh man. naylor is an insane person yeah um, i can't wait till his brother break he's got a brother bro naylor who is apparently yeah. also insane uh i can't wait for them Dude. to be on the same team together that like the the stadium yeah. might fall apart. Nothing more baller than running around the bases pretending to rock a baby. <laughs> You're my son. You're my son. Um, and apparently he says any any pitcher that he hits a home run off is his son. And I just yeah. love that. That's so, so much. good. <laughs> that is the kind of baseball we need more of. Uh, too yeah. bad he's you know on the Guardians and nobody watches him. And I guess yeah. too bad they got knocked out by the Yankees. Uh, and I know. All that, that silliness they, around their game, yeah. At the at the point in which they were still in, and most of the other series had been resolved, the Guardians were my favorite team remaining in the yeah in the uh, in the playoff series. So, yeah. um, but hey, they are of all the teams in this playoff bracket, you could probably say that they're the most set up to win. They are they're the, the youngest, youngest team in, in baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's are. wild. Yeah. Only, only on the upswing. So it'll be exciting yeah. to watch them. But uh, of course, you know the Yankees beat them in the final game with a home run from Giancarlo and a home run from Aaron Judge, and that's just the way the Yankees are going to win games. They're going against the Astros tonight in Game One. Uh, the Astros pretty much wiped the Mariners um, just completely out of it. Mary and I actually sat and watched that 18 inning game, which was the longest postseason game in MLB history. Um, and there was not a run scored until Jeremy Pena hit a solo home run in the top of the 18th. What a ridiculous game. Um, yeah. Disappointed to see the Astros. The Astros do have some guys I like. You know, I like JV. He's great. Um, I, I like Gordon Alvarez. He's great. I find the most of the rest of the team to be pretty obnoxious. Um, so well, I, I it, like I don't know who I even want to win that series. I mean, besides the all the cheating stuff, which is you know further getting further and further away, and you can't really hold most of the guys on this team accountable for any of that at this point. But um, it's more just like uh, success fatigue with yeah. us in the Astros. It's like the same with the Dodgers, even though you know they 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 are really good at getting eliminated in the playoffs. Um, like I just don't want to see the Astros in yeah. the World Series. I know. I also there's just like a I, I think on a player to player level, I like, I actually like the Yankees. There's a lot of guys that I like on the Yankees, but I don't like the Yankees yeah. <laughs> because I think we've all been like brought up to not like the Yankees. Yeah. And uh, even if they're not really the same type of team, they were way back in the day. And also just our fundamental uh, uh, respect for team spending money is completely flipped on its head from how yeah. it used to be and why everyone hated the Yankees. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe there's part of me where it's like someday the Cardinals will catch them in championships, even though that might take 200 years. I still <laughs> yeah. like, you know, want yeah. that to happen. So I just don't want to see them win any more championships. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think. <sighs> OK, so I think that through this conversation, then I think I am rooting for the Yankees to beat the Astros. I, we also have, you know, to tip the scale, we have Harry Bader and yeah. Matt Carpenter who could win a ring or at least be in the world series. And that would be really exciting. I'd be, I'd be happy. That is the one part that like, like, I guess I'm pro Padres overall on this whole bracket. Yeah. That remains, but like, I'd be, I'd be okay with the Yankees winning because it would be fun for Bader 
to be on that stage. And it would be, I think, nice for Carpenter to get another shot at it. Um, you know, he already has one and he was in another one. And then, you know, to go at a third, I think would be fun. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm flying to New York tomorrow. Um, maybe I will, uh, catch the Astros over the weekend and I'll, uh, hit Altuve in the back of the leg or, uh, rip off his Jersey and find his, uh, Apple watch, uh, yeah. detector thingy or whatever. You should definitely try to like assault and injure a major league baseball player. <laughs> I am. I get I'm, put in the hospital by somebody who's five, six. I'm fully supportive of this. <laughs> well, I want to be clear. I want to go after like, um, Ooh, you just want to rip know. off a shirt. Just that's like a thing that is not a crime. Just us running up to someone and ripping <laughs> off their shirt. I, I want to mess with Jordan um, or JV. I mean, there's a, there, there's a lot of scary men on that I team. I bet Jose Altuve could pick you up and rip you in half like a oh, phone, phone oh, book. Wouldn't even be a competition. <laughs> wouldn't even be, I, I would have. I, I could probably get a good first shot in on him. Um, yeah. And then the lights would go out for old old Benny Sims. Yeah, I mean, um, what are you six two three fifty or so? So I think you could. <laughs> they could be okay. easy. If I was three fifty, I could take him. I just got to fall on him. I, I don't think he could lift that. Um, so, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, I wish I was three fifty. I'd have a lot more good food in me. Um, yeah. You know, really quick, total caveat, uh, Cardinals should sign Michael Brantley. He's, he's in his final year. He's injured right now. He's in his final year with the, uh, the Astros. He should come to the Cardinal side and be yeah, a we DH. Get in out oh, to DH. As I say, get yeah. another oft injured, uh, aging outfielder. <laughs> that's what, that's what we need. I like Michael right. Brantley. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do too. I like Brantley, but, uh, hmm. uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, for the, the Padre, or sorry, glad the Dodgers are gone. Take a yeah. hike, uh, eat my shoe, yep. uh, jerks. One hundred and eleven wins, and not enough. One in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, so let's go into the final segment. Um, we're going to play a version of a game that we've played several times. Uh, one of our favorite games. What did he do? What did he do? Only this time we're doing what did they do? The 2022 season is over for the St. Louis Cardinals. How did the season end? How did they do as a collective team? Okay. I am going to run through some stats and I'm going to give you a number and you have to tell me over under. I've made this very simple for you over under, uh, the like i'll give you for example i say i understand how yeah, over okay. under works all right you get it so we'll just get started <laughs> we'll just get started i will i, I you get confused so all right so I, i've broken this into two categories we've got uh hitting stats and we've got pitching stats so we're gonna start with a big one home runs over under 200 home runs on the season for the st louis Cardinals. <sighs> Yeah, that's, that sucks because I was going to guess the home run total was right around 200. Uh, the offense was fairly prolific. We got like basically half the way there with three players. Did the other guys hit around 100? I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say under. Correct. They hit 197 home runs. Holy crap. Well, I, okay, so. that's good to know that my instinct was at least close. 
Yeah. And so, I won, I mean, so. almost yeah. right at, uh, right at 200. Mm. All right. Um, let's alternate. Let's go back and forth between pitching and hitting. Um, <laughs> so, okay. I don't, it seems like I didn't have a choice anyway. So you do whatever you want. You sick that's freak. Right. That's right. I do whatever I want. All right. <laughs> um, interesting year for the relief core. Yeah. Interesting year for the season overall. Yeah. Uh, saves. Yeah. Over under 40 saves. Oh, they were so spread out. Um, but, you know, this team was really our boomer bust team. There weren't that many save opportunities because there were blowouts. I'm going to say under 40 saves. You got it again. You're right. It was, uh, they got, they had 37 saves as Man. a team. Which is, you know, really interesting because there are a lot of individual relievers out there who had more than 37, yeah. let alone like an entire team. Sure. All right. Over under 100 stolen bases. Ooh. Okay. I know Tommy got like 30 by himself. Bader had a good amount as well before he left. Other than that, people weren't really stealing bases. Albert had one, I think, or two, and Yachty <laughs> had one or two. And nobody else was really stealing bases. Um, you said 100? Yes. I'm going to say under 100. Three in a row, 95 stolen bases. Wow, that's higher than I thought. I thought it was going to be closer to like 70-something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I tried to pick like nice round numbers to go off of, but they're pretty pretty close. At least these these ones they've been pretty close to the yeah. to the number. All right, what was that? Uh, offensive. All right. Um, let's do K per nine. Okay. Over as under. A team? As a team. Okay. Over under. Seven point five. 7.5. I think that's like right at it. Um, they did not strike people out a lot this year. Um, see, that's like exactly what I would have guessed that their K per nine was this year. Um, I'm really good at setting the line. Yeah. <laughs> then because they were so bad at striking people out, they weren't the worst, but they were one of the worst. I'm going to just say that that was also uh, under. That's correct. 7.35. Oh, man. What a low K per nine. Yes, it is. All right. They're, they've all been under. They have all been under. I didn't think about, I, I didn't think about that when I was putting this together, but what so did far, you think about? Nothing. I just put numbers on it. I just black out and put numbers <laughs> on it. All right. But see, now you think the next one might be oh, over. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, I mean, his yeah. head, ladies and gentlemen. 40 chess. Holy shit. Wow. All right. The uh, So that was K per nine from the mm -hmm. uh, pitching side. Yeah. What about strikeout percentage from the offensive side? Okay. Over under 19.5%. Huh. I would have guessed over that, um, but I don't really have this number anywhere in my brain. I don't really have a good reference point. I'm just going to say over because I think uh, it seems low. 
Yeah, but not by much. 19.9%. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> uh, I got it, but my God, that's that's <laughs> tough. All right. Um, let me see. Oh, let me look at my numbers. Let me look at my numbers. Mm. Uh, all right. Ground ball percentage. Oh, yeah. Bread and over butter. Under, the team. Over under 46%. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were quite at 50, but I do think they were over that. So I'm going to say over. 47.2%. Chew, so, yeah. Um, That's what they do. All right. Walk percentage as a offensive team. Oh man. Um over under 8.25%. 8.25%. Remember last year when they broke the record of uh most walks with the bases loaded? <laughs> that was so painful. Yeah, unfortunately I do. You yeah. know, it looked like there for a little bit that they might not, you know, and yeah. then uh yeah, they did. What was the number? You said 8.4%? 8.25. I'm going to go. They really did not walk people a lot this year. Wait, 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 wait. We're looking offensively. The oh. walk percent of the, of the of team. The team. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, they did walk a lot this year. Then <laughs> that totally flips it. Uh, did they, though? I think they did. But did they, they though? They weren't prolific. Um, I'm gonna say they're over. Yes, they did. Eight point seven percent. I feel like these are really good lines, and you're getting all of them. So yeah. good work. It's almost um, like I watch the Cardinals every day for six months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Home runs per nine given up by the Cardinal Crap. pitching staff. Okay, they were pretty stingy. So home runs per nine, uh, one. Oof. Um. So did they give up 162 home runs or less this year? Uh, well, you'd have no. It'd be because of extra innings and stuff. You it wouldn't yeah, be but that only it slightly would, imbalances yeah. it um, because there was no long games this year. Um, well, I'm going that to only s- slightly imbalances. I can do what you do to me. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to think of something. I, I'll just sit here quietly and think next time. Um, <laughs> I th- shit. Um, I think they were under that. I think they're under one. That is correct. They actually had the third best. Yep. Home run per nine in ooh, baseball. Oh, they actually had. Ooh. Um, only seven teams had an under one. And uh, the best was uh, the Giants at 0.83. Uh, maybe something to do with home park, too. But obviously, yeah. they, they, they had still had some pretty good. I mean, they had Rodon and Webb. You know, the one right, thing right. that was pretty good about their pitching. But um, uh, just looking at this, the, the, the Washington uh 1.56 almost double the giants man yeah um all right here's a fun one babip 
for the team as an offensive unit. Yeah. Were they over under a 300 BABIP? So here, here's what I know about this question. Brendan Donovan ran a super high BABIP all year. Paulie did too. Paul Goldschmidt did. I mean, uh, Nolan Arenado also ran a high BABIP. Those are kind of the three offensive, you know, engines. So I th- have to assume it's above that. I'm going to say over, over 300 BABIP on the offense. Finally got you with one of these. They actually, Damn. as a team, had a uh, 289 BABIP. All right. Which I was pretty surprised by as well. But then I was thinking like, well, obviously we had some high-end batting averages on this team this year, but the entire bottom half of the lineup was pretty bad, you know? Well, and so regression to the mean next year, then let's go. Maybe, but also a Babbitt <laughs> can be low also because you're just bad at hitting, you, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, like uh, a yeah. lot of ground balls, a lot of yep. slow roll, you know, most of the year season. Exactly. Not everyone is going to have a a, yeah. a nice Babbitt. You can just yeah. not be great also. Yeah, so, yeah fair enough. Um, so, yep, 289 on that one. All right. And my final one. All right. XFIP. Okay. So expected FIP. Yes. If you're unfamiliar, this is, you know, the best shot at like a fielding independent pitching. What would your pitching staff what would the what would the results be yep. if you were in a neutral ballpark with a neutral uh, defense behind you? So right. it's a it's a it's a, it's trying to say how did what was the true outcome of your pitching? If that makes sure. sense. Um, so over under three point seven five. I thought the line was going to be higher than that, um, which makes me think that it's over than that. Just because that's kind of the way the Cardinals are built; they're built to be FIP breakers. Um, so I'm going to say over, over that. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and forth on how to set this line because I was thinking like when it was all said and done with guys like Montgomery and Michaelis and them having like pretty good years, you could maybe uh, see them having a lower and, and the bullpen, yeah. you know, how good it was. Um, I thought maybe I could get you with this one, but no, it's uh, a 4.03 XFIP. Yeah. I was going to so, guess four was going to be the line, actually. I almost set it at four, but I tried not to do, I tried not to set it at like one decimal point <laughs> yeah, off. That would have like, been hard. I, 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 you I know, probably still would have guessed over, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there was a part of me that wanted to be like really evil and just set every line at exactly a decimal point one way <laughs> or another and make it like, but yeah. you know, I don't think that's as fun. So, or maybe it would have been more fun because you got nine of 10. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so good work. So, all right. Well, that will do it for this episode of talking about birds. We are going hard into this off season. Oh, God, um, <laughs> we're not slowing down. Check out the Patreon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, thanks everyone for listening, for being a part of this all off season. Tell your friends, tell yeah. your family, go back to just tell grabbing your, people's phone and subscribing for us. Tell your dog. We yeah. don't know. Do dogs listen to podcasts? Maybe who could know? I know because of our platform that some people listen to this podcast on Alexa, which makes no sense to me. So maybe it's a dog. (laughs) Right. I don't. If what if you're, you're cooking dinner or something? 
I don't want to bash, you know, listen to us however you want. I was just very surprised. And I think of all the ways for a dog to listen to a podcast, a, I think what Alexa makes the most sense to me. <laughs> you, you don't. Okay. Let's break this down. So you think that a voice command works better for a dog than like a, a touch screen? You're yeah, there's no you're way. Stupid. I think it's more likely that a dog could learn English than a dog <laughs> could navigate an iPhone. Okay. I'm If they're already listening to podcasts, they're showing How? an L elevated uh, understanding of of language sure have you ever met a dog <laughs> i've never seen one in my life <laughs> okay that makes more sense <laughs> but uh you know i've seen inspector gadget sure. i've seen sure. um homeward bound i've seen the entire Airbud and Airbud extended universe sure. hey there's uh, nothing in the rule books that says a dog can't listen to a podcast that's right um super buddies <laughs> spooky buddies stop um treasure buddies stop listing um, dog movies <laughs> <laughs> i will not stop listening or listening <laughs> All right, whatever. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Ah, song, Kim. Ah, song, Kim. Ah, song.